Welcome back to the Turn On The Music podcast. This is episode six. Today we have another Spotlight Artist episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about Ava Cassidy, who is a singer-songwriter from the Baltimore area. Uh, we'll get into her in a little bit, but before we do, uh, I need to introduce my good friend CJ. How are you today, sir? Doing all right today. It's a better week than last week, though last last episode's interview was fun, and mm-hmm. it was a nice break in the in the week, but today is definitely a better week, a better Wednesday or better Thursday, That's good. whatever day of the week it is. Yeah, so. it's a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, good. Things, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy day for me. So we had some some really high-ranking uh, officials come to work that we've been preparing for like the last several weeks for. So they finally came today. Um, so it was just kind of a, a, you know, it was a stressful day. And then we had one of my bosses, was today was his last day, so we had a going-away party. And then like just like the, the conversation that we had like after all this went down so i was sitting in my office i was getting ready to issue a computer to a new employee and he met another software developer they're both software developers and like the conversation went from hacking um nintendo wii's and we use that's awesome um to what pokemon would taste the best if you had to eat one what pokemon would taste the best now i don't know en- enough pokemon but that's a, i know that's, nothing about pokemon apparently there's one that looks like ice cream when that was the one that was voted the, t- the tastiest. Oh, so they they say this in the show, apparently? I don't know. Oh, that's weird. I have no idea. And then we went to the little, like, going away, like, snack time thing at the restaurant down the road. And one of the guys there just had a baby. So, of course, we're talking about his baby's poop. So we went from hacking, <laughs> you know, consoles to eating digital creatures to baby's poop. It- all in, like the span of an hour you know that's what happens when you're parents and you have kids with or whatever like you just even i mean i think even with the people have fur babies you just like poop becomes like right. a normal conversation it's yep. kind of scary yep, it does it's yeah. kind of scary how normal it does become though like it, it just right. happens so um that that is hysterical yeah no we uh we're we have a bunch of things lined up bunch of uh you know, we have uh, we're gathering a bunch of students together in a large forum, or we're dealing with p- professional development and stuff. So we just we're busy doing that. So we're all kind of like running around with chicken, like chickens with their heads cut off right now. So it's yeah. a little, and you know, it's hard to do work when your head's not attached. <laughs> yep, that, that is true. <laughs> but that is true. Are you listening to anything uh, new? Well, I don't care if it's new. What are you, what are you listening <laughs> to uh, this week? So. I so. I, I had it was a kind of a mix. First, uh, I've been listening to Ava Cassidy, so I've been sprinkling her in over the past couple of weeks, so I can kind of get a feel for everything. And then last week or last episode or whatever, when we were talking to my brother, when we were talking to Nikki, he mentioned mm-hmm. in the rapid fire questions that Billy Joel's Turnstile yep. was his favorite album, and it's really funny. I couldn't think of what songs were on Turnstile. I know pretty much every one of his songs, even some of the oddball ones that most people don't talk about. Like, we love Vienna. I think Vienna's a gorgeous song, and I I don't think it's talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, let me listen to Turnstiles. And it's just amazing to hear the songs that are... I mean, it makes sense what songs are on there because of what it's called and what it's about, but it was just... Mm -hmm. uh, For the life of me, I could not process what songs were on it. And so I listened to some Billy Joel... Is that that's got what Zanzibar and Stiletto on it? No, it's, it's, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but no, it's got. 
<laughs> How bad is that? Nope. This is a Hell this is a music podcast, but I don't remember <laughs> the name of the, uh, the songs on the album. Um, it, it's oh, I can't think off the top of my head. It's I'm not ones up. that I knew as well. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Right, right, oh, yeah, Summer Island Falls. Yes, that is one of my my favorite. Yeah, songs. and and that's the thing. Like I knew the songs, just. I guess because oh, of Miami how 2017. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. There's, there's a, some good stuff on that one. There's a, there's I a video really on YouTube when I believe Billy Joe, I don't know if it was Madison square garden or if it's done. I think it was Madison square garden. It was one of those shows and Kevin James was there and they had Kevin James learn the first bit of Miami 2017. Mm-hmm. And he comes on stage, and there's this whole entire act, and like on the piano, on the piano, yes, yes. Oh wow! And they and there's a whole entire like the video is really really funny because he comes on, he he does this thing, he's Kevin James, and then he's like, well, let me let me play you a piece that I've been working on, and Kevin James sits at the piano and plays at the first, and he doesn't do a bad job, like he doesn't do a bad job at all. But like Billy Joel's like, yeah, you can go now. <laughs> like, <it's> like a, <laughs> apparently they have a really good relationship, but it was just, yeah. it was just really funny. But yeah, no, so it was just. Listen to that. Listen to Cassidy. And there was something else I listened to, and I don't remember what. It, oh, I've been listening to a little bit of classical music at work, um, and I, I'm going to pronounce the composer's name wrong. So just give me one moment while uh, I find it. But well, who were you listening to? Uh, Ava Cassidy. Um, you know, I just you know ge- gearing up for this episode. Sure. Um, but I'm I'm stuck on Nickel Creek. Um, oh, I found that um, that little the, the Tiny Desk concert for Nickel Creek. Right. I've listened to that every day going to work and coming home. That's fantastic. Uh, it's it's just awesome. I love it. Um, and I'll tell you this: um, listening to them, listening to Ava's um, acoustic album, um, I have signed up for guitar lessons starting on Saturday. Did you really? Yeah, I did. That's yeah, awesome. I to my sister. So I'm mean, part of my my. Um, my reluctance is I had, I didn't have a great experience, t- um, you know, teaching wise in in college. I had some really poor experiences, and I've I've really kind of you know not taken lessons because of that. And I I learned a lot of stuff on my own um, because of that because I just didn't want to deal with it. And I know that I'm going to be a difficult person to teach because of my knowledge of piano and theory. Sure, um, you know, walking in because because they expect all right. Well, we're going to teach you how to read music. Done. We're going to teach you rhythm. Done. Like, okay, like, where do we go from there? You know? You're just so going to be, be difficult in general. It's not just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that too. You know, because, and, and like, because I'm weird, you know, beyond that, because I've, so when I, when I decided that I was learning guitar, like, the last two years or so, I learned how to play the opening to Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Okay. That's not a beginning piece. It's no, all, it's like, not. finger picking. Yeah. It's like, you know, could I play a G chord? Yeah, if I really tried, but, like, I can play the opening to Tears in Heaven. And so it's 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 like I'm in a different place. Right. You know, finger wise and then like mentally I'm in a completely different place in the beginner. So it's gonna be interesting. So I I, I had asked my sister because she's she's done a lot of teaching of guitar and a lot of, you know, um taking lessons as well. So she teaches te- teaches for a, an Irish music school down here in Cincinnati. Oh, that's cool. Um yeah, so she teaches mandolin, um, Boron, which is a an Irish drum, and I think beginner guitar, and I was like, you know, like where do I go? And she's like, well, we could do you know a class here, but there's gonna be multiple people there. I'm like, Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off the teacher as it is. Like I don't want to be bothering other students. Right, like, right. I want to do a, you know. So she said, well, the guy I learned is is down the road in Waynesville. She's like, he's great. He'll you know work with you. I said, okay, fine. So, um, he was 
willing to teach me. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. That's awesome. It's exciting. We, we keep us updated as we go along each each Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Maybe you can play a little uh, tune, a little ditty. You know, yeah. uh, down the line. Maybe I'll write the intro song. On the <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll have an intro song because, as you guys have heard over the past five or six episodes, there is no intro song. Ironically, but I was talking to Chris. We so like you have Seinfeld, which is the show about nothing. Right. We're the music podcast with no musical intro. Yes. So we're we're kind of the Seinfeld of the podcast, yeah. musical podcast. Yeah, so. talking to Chris, meaning me, CJ, Chris, yeah, CJ, or CJ, yeah. or Chris, whatever. whatever your name is. Whatever I yeah. respond to all. Hey you. <laughs> Uh, hey, you. Hey, so the uh, co- the composer that I've been listening to is uh, A- I'm going to say his name wrong. Aram Kacharian or Kachatorian. Ka- 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 Kachatorian. Thank you. Yeah, he's he wrote uh, Sabredance. Yes, and he and there's a, there's um there's one that he the what is it what is it called? There's it's a piano concerto, violin concerto. A symphony. I think this is Symphony Number no. Three. Uh, but anyway, I've been listening to him. You know, just I, I think I think that uh, his the waltz uh, is just gorgeous. It's the London Symphony Orchestra, and I and I touched a little bit on Dvorak because he's one of my favorites too. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was just it was interesting. It was a little eclectic because I didn't really just stick with one genre genre of music. Mm-hmm. So, um, That's but, nice. That's good. Yeah, gotta break gotta break away from other things once in a while. Yeah, yeah. But I listened to the classical because things were stressful at work. So I threw it on in the background because it helped me kind of chill out. And and right. just to go to what we were talking about in other episodes of how we go to certain things for that purpose. This is those mm-hmm. are that's one of my symphonies I go to or Dvorak. I'll go there. And they're not like quiet symphonies. They mm-hmm. got some pretty intense parts, but they're still relaxing to me because of what they are. It's interesting what people go to when they're like, when I need to focus and get stuff done, like I turn right to dream theater. Really? Like, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's where I go. That's where I mean, dream theater, my buddy, Ethan, who is a phenomenal guitarist who I'm working on getting him lined up to do an interview with. Um, uh, but like, you know, the, the kind of the progressive rock stuff is where I I tend to focus on it, which is interesting. it's totally not where you know most people go to focus because it's there's just so much going on. It it just doesn't sit right for me knowing that you're going to progressive rock and dream theater. Right, right. Yeah, no. that's where I go. That's that's what. I mean, me. listen, that's cool though. Like, there are times when I'm leaving work and it's just been a stressful day, and I have to put metal on because it's the way mm-hmm. it's it's what I'm feeling, and then yep. I get into it, and then like I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm chill. I'm good. Yep. All right. Yep. No, I I get it. It's it's like you said. It's very interesting. And um, as you're listening to this, you know, if there's something that comes up and you're interested, you know, share with us, you know, go to our Instagram, yeah, go to Twitter, share with us uh, what you do. You know, uh, you don't have to be a musician. We all listen to music at some point. And, yep. and if if there's something that you listen to that helps you share it with us, because you never know, it may help, some, help somebody else. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So Ava Cassidy. Yeah, so you talk, and then I will sure. say what. So, I, when when I started this audiophile journey, I guess uh, we'll call it. Um, I I became obsessed with so so when you when you when you think about audiophiles and what what they're looking for, so they're looking for like really good sound. Like my goal in my house is I have separate listening areas, and I want it to sound 
like this person is in my room. And I do that with speaker placement. I do that with speakers. I do that with, you know, location. I do it with acoustic treatment, all sorts of different things. But one of the things that, that you can't control is how good an album is recorded. Exactly. So, you know, or, 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 or mastered for that re- matter right. too. So it's, it's recording and mastering that really make a recording good. So I went on a hunt for really well recorded and really good sounding albums. And I have like a list of like, you know, all these guys that claim to be audiophiles. One of them is Steve Guttenberg from, um, I think he's the New York Times. He does a lot of audio reviews. And he was actually in the room with Amber Rubarth when they did that recording. His friend did the actual recording of it. He was able to sit in. Oh, that's awesome. Watch how we did it. So he, he was telling the story. And then he also has another um, another video where he talks about, oh, this no, there's a different guy. I forget this guy's name, but I'll, I'll find it and link it. Um, but he was going through uh, his favorite favorite female singer songwriters or just singers in general, um, and Ava Cassidy was one of his tops, um, and that's how I found her. And um, it's kind of a, a sad story because she was she's a she's a brilliant singer, um, and I was reading about her a little bit where she, you know it it says and, and there's a video on of YouTube um, on YouTube of her performing. She's a very I don't want to say a stiff performer because of the way she sings, but she doesn't really interact. She's uncomfortable in, in front of audiences, I guess is, is really what the, what it is. Um, and because That's of that, she didn't do a lot of performing. She's And, you know, when you listen to her sing, like, you don't get that vibe at all. At least I didn't get that vibe. Um, but they were saying that, that she chooses, she, like, really handpicks the songs. They're all songs that she loves um, and it's a lot of covers. She doesn't do a lot of, of her own stuff. And one of the things that they were saying was that um, it's, it was hard for her to, you know, her stuff became popular. So let's let's step back. Um, she passed away at the age of 33 from melanoma. Um, this was in the 90s, 96, I believe. Well, yeah. And, th- and when I read that, that I was like, that's so tragic. And I'll, yeah. you know, as we talk more, but it was just that's nuts. Yeah. You know, that's not we've lost so many amazing musicians at such young, you know, we're going to I'm going to go take a step real quick. Michael Jackson, like mm-hmm. I know he was 50 when he passed, yep. but he didn't do as many albums as you would have thought he would have had done by the time he was 50. Right. And then you think about what we've lost because of that. Mm-hmm. We've lost so much with her passing at such a young age because we would have had so yeah. much more amazing music. Sorry, just input. No, no, it's OK. I mean, you're right. There, there are so many that are. I mean, Prince is another one. Right, Prince. Yes, thank you. And and like like now, like there's so much of Prince's stuff coming right. out now that he's passed. That's you know that was, so. Uh, but yeah, so Ava passed um, in 1996 from melanoma. So, um, I guess you know the first thing we say is make sure you get yourself checked out because, I mean, I melanoma is one of the ones that it's fairly easy to be dealt with as long as you catch it soon enough. I think. But what happened was she didn't catch it soon enough, and it spread to like her bones and her liver and her lungs. And oh wow, I didn't read so, that far yeah. in. That's a, wow. yeah. By the, by the time they found it, it was just it was just too late. Um, but in 1997, um, Paul Walters, um, who was a producer at the BBC Radio, um, he was the one that really started um, playing her stuff. Um, one of the things was "Over the Rainbow," and she became much more popular after she passed. Yes. Um, and uh, I know Michelle Kwan used um, uh, Ava's version of Fields of Gold for, um, 
for uh, an exhibition in 2002. Which I have to say, Olymp- Winter Olympics. Sorry, I have to say that's a yep. really well done version of Fields of Gold. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's one of the ones I picked out to play. So we'll, we're definitely going to hit on that one. Um, but I remember when I when I first, we, but before we decided we were going to do Ava as an episode, um, I shared her with you. Um, Months ago, yes. maybe I guess, and I remember you're like, "Oh, is she kind of like Amy Winehouse?" I'm like, "No, no, she's she's another level than Amy Winehouse." Yeah, and Amy um, Winehouse was at a level, so yeah, just think yeah. about that. Like, if Amy Winehouse was at the level that she was at, and Ava's higher than that, or we're gonna yeah. level it, yeah, yeah. And I, I was I was thinking about this today, you know, like like where do you place her in in like singers like is she in Ella Fitzgerald level is she is she that high do you think do you think she would have if she had lived longer I mean I think that so she was 33 when she passed 30 so she was young I mean just like Amy Winehouse passed very young she was passed very young and I don't think we got the full extent of her capability and her singing. I don't either. And I think that if she was still alive, which would make her what I'm going to, I'm bad with math. So another 30 years on that. So she died in 96. Yeah. So she'd be in her sixties right now. I think she would be at that level of, uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I think she just, yeah, no, I think we, she was halfway where she was going to be. And she was already so good at where she was. Yeah, yeah, and you think, I mean, if you think about it this way, you know, I'm I'm rusty on my, my, my vocal technique, but female singers mature around 40. Right. So she, it's possible that she never hit her full vocal maturity. I don't think she did. Because <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I got, like, she had, she had a great vocal technique. She really she did, did, right? And I'm, I'm not comparing them as singers, but I'm comparing them as emotion she had a mixture of everybody janice joplin who a lot of people kind of love and don't love whatever you know i think she's phenomenal i think her raspy voice added to her ability to sing and her and whatever and what she did ava cassidy now i thought it was interesting when you said she was very stiff based upon performing live she doesn't sound that way when she sings no not at all but if you watch her you can see that she's very uncomfortable like with people watching and I and that's I think the same way with Janis Joplin because it wasn't about it was just about the music and that's what I'm saying like yep. she we she did not have her vocal maturity she did not there's no way yeah there was more behind that and it, we just didn't get it yet yeah yeah I agree with you and so and I was thinking about this too like like what what sort of qualities like do you does she have that makes her make her so good I mean I mean, well, I, one of the things I was reading is that she was just so hard to market because she was doing like jazz standards and then she was doing pop tunes and then she was doing like big band stuff. And it was like when you're working with record producers, like they want to shove you into one genre and like market you that way. But she was just like, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do and make it my own. But like vocally, like her quality, like. Like when you when you talk about an Ella Fitzgerald, like one of the things that I I, I listened to with her, it, there was a, an album with her and Louis Armstrong, um, and that was on the list of like unbelievably well recorded right. albums, and it was the clarity of her voice, Ella Fitzgerald on those recordings was unbelievable, 
And I think you get that same thing here with, with her, but the difference is, is that the recordings that we were listening to, at least I was listening to, almost every single one of them was live. And you have that that quality that, you know, that it just it was just so clear and I don't know. So, okay. So, the, the and and, and I, just because you have a little more research behind you. So, she has an album out with, um, I'm going to forget his name and I shouldn't figure out his name. Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown, right. Yeah. Was that recorded live? There are some live tracks on there, I think. Okay. I, I did hear audience. That's at, right. At fair, right. Fair enough. There is a so, I don't know if the whole thing was live, but there are certainly elements right. of that album that were live. Now, on a... This is the wording post humorous post. Is that right? Did I say it right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Because I think so. if I didn't, that's insulting to me and to everybody else for saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but after she passed, how dare how you I know, insult was, us? Like, that's such poor language. I mean, I feel horrible. I'm going to have to <laughs> check that. Um, but she when she passed or after she passed, uh, she uh, post. No, that's not right. Anyway, after she passed, they had, uh, it looked like her parents approved an album to go out of songs that they had. And then there was, some, mm-hmm. there was albums up until like 2015 or so where yeah, they've been releasing them. Right. They were after. recorded studio or recorded live. So there were, stu- mm-hmm. they were just, uh, some of them are unreleased. Some of them are re-released of songs that she did, or maybe, you know, the versions or whatever. Like, so I don't, she just, she recorded so well. Yeah. She had a voice that recorded so well. And then there is the one album that you told me to listen to was a live album, which was, what's the name of it again? I'm sorry. The um, uh, Live at Birdland, maybe? Uh, now you're, now we're just. Live at Blues Alley. Thank you, right? Live at Blues Alley. Thank you. That is such a great album. Like mm-hmm. I'm not usually one to listen to live music like that, but I just uh, not because I have anything against it. I just like to hear w- what people do with recording and production. You know, that's that's right, all. Right. And I understand that you can still manipulate the recording after it's recorded live, but there's so many things that can happen live vocally. Yeah, that she was just she was clean, mm-hmm. and her control of her voice was just amazing. And there were yeah. times when she you know, improvised and you were just like, that's, that's amazing. and she did this live. Like she did mm-hmm. it live. And, and at yeah. 33 years old, you know, whatever age she was at the time that she recorded it. Cause I think mm-hmm. that was the last album that came out. I, I think, I think the, the live at blues alley was basically she was diagnosed and knew she was dying. And like, that was like, I want to do these songs. Before right. I die. Right. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong because I, th- I think that's yeah no, because then how it came about the album I think it was called Songbird. Yep, that came out after it. I think that was the one that her parents were like, "Yeah, put those songs out. Go ahead and put because that came out in like 1997 after she passed. Uh, 98, 98. Sorry, 98. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I think I would have loved to have heard her live because I have a strange feeling that she sounded just as good live as she did in any recordings. And now we're talking about recordings from like the eighties and nineties where there's not a lot of digital mm-hmm. stuff going on. Um, it's yep. up still a little, still analog. There was digital. Don't get me wrong. There's digital there, but it was mm-hmm. still analog. So yeah, just, I, I feel like she's one of those few that live or recorded. She was unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. 
Did you did you have a favorite song from the, the Live at Blues Alley album? There is one, and I'm gonna bring it up to find my to find the song real quick so I can tell you. Sure. Um. Because it was, why can't I find it now? Of course I can't find it when I need to find it. Uh, I've got it up if that helps you. No, I, I found it. I found it. There was um. So Fields of Gold is on there, which I think was phenomenal. Um, I was thinking about putting that at the very end. I think that's a great song to put at the very end. And then, um, I don't know, because they were all so very good. Yeah. It's hard to pick one. I mean, the ones that stood out to me were the ones that I've li- I knew, like, What a Wonderful World, Fields of Gold. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew well. I mean, I knew most of them, but what I knew right. well. And I don't know, just... I think Fields of Gold stuck out to me, stood out to me. Uh, what a wonderful world. You know, uh, I think Autumn, The Tall Trees in Georgia, which was a song she said that her family or her parents listened to when she was younger and she always wanted to record yeah. it. Yep. What a great song. Yeah. Such a great song. Even the lyrics. Yeah. Well, let's, let's yeah. Play, play a little bit of that one. That would be cool to play. And I was just, I was looking, the other thing I was trying to figure out. So the Live of the Blues Alley album to me, sounds like uh, Nightbird. And I, you know, I didn't listen to Nightbird because I started just I noticing that a lot of the songs are the same across yeah, albums. And they, and they sound like the same version, so I'm wondering if Live at Blues Alley. It does say 25th anniversary edition. Maybe it's the re-release of Nightbird, I, but they're just in a different track order, and it looks like they have more. And there's a lot more. In there's Nightbird. a lot more now. I noticed that a lot of this stuff was pushed out and produced by a UK company. So I don't know how much of this stuff was put out. I mean, now everything's streaming, so it's a little bit different. But I don't know how much was pushed out into the States. Yeah. That that would be interesting to know. Here's a little of Tall Trees in Georgia. Tall trees in Georgia They grow so high They shade me so She's got such control. That's what took me to her. Like yeah. that. So uh, because uh, I'm being ignorant and I don't know, is she the guitarist as well? I In this one, I don't think so. Okay. She does play the guitar. Right. Um, I don't believe she's playing guitar on this particular. Okay. Track. It's possible that she is. Um, but she does have a guitarist, a pianist, a drummer, and... A bass player. Who are all for not for, bleh, who are all, yeah. I can't speak. They're just so amazing that I can't I, speak. <laughs> I couldn't speak last week, so now it's your turn. Yep. They're all phenomenal. Like they they're yeah. just they're they're brilliant and Yeah. And one of the things that's that's so brilliant about them is that they know when to they, they know how to back her. Yes. So they know when they, they know when to cut back and they know when to when to press forward, um, which is just that's that's part of part of you know being a good band and, and that goes back to you know the whole music is a language thing right you know so musically she can be saying something and they can respond right in the in the right dynamic and the right you know energy and 
So. And I, I think that what I now knowing to what you said about the fact that she was uncomfortable performing live and she would be a little stiff and playing changes a little bit of how you look at this because she's so good at what she do, does. And usually if you have a band behind you, the person that you're following is moving, is doing something to to the to the right. sound, to the groove, to whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And if she's stiff and they're able to, it just, that is so impressive too. Yeah. And and yeah. this is all, like you said, is all based upon uh, hearsay in a sense because we don't know for sure mm-hmm. and there's not many videos about her out there. But yeah. as, a, as a musician, as a singer, I, I'm not saying I move a lot, but there's movement. Right. You know, like, I, you know, there is movement. And if I'm an instrumentalist, I, I move or I don't consider myself an instrumentalist. But if I was playing saxophone or clarinet or something, I do move a little bit more than I would be singing. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. but yeah, her voice is, I really like her voice. It's, it's sad. It's yeah. sad that she's not around because she's such a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, there's, there's so much color to it. And, and so as a, as a person who has worked with, with singers, um, there's typically with females, you can argue that they have two or three different voices. There's the chest voice, the head voice, and some people, consider the whistle tone a different voice i consider it still head voice i don't really care um <laughs> fight up the way fight up <laughs> <laughs> the way she's able to go from the lower stuff to the higher stuff still keep the you know the presence forward and not have it fall back to the back of the throat right keep that like like there's a there's a whole heck of a lot of technique going on there but that's like sarah watkins that's what i i was reminded of when i listened to her is that the control and the technique to the voice so whether they Mm -hmm. were um they were professionally taught or became it came natural to them to the singing the fact that they have that control is immense like when i was going through my studies when we were you know when we met and i was going through my studies i it took a while for me to kind of find my place in my voice. You know, everybody's like, you're a tenor, you're a tenor, you're a tenor. And I'm like, I don't think I'm a tenor, maybe a baritone tenor, but everybody's like, no, you're a tenor. So a lot of my training moving forward after I kind of switched um, teachers, I had one teacher that focused a lot on my falsetto, which I didn't expect to make a difference. But to your point where you're controlling your voice from chest to, to, to throw whatever you know to head tone everything you're like that that control of knowing how your falsetto works for a male yep. singer is yep. huge so when yep. you hear a female singer have that control you become jealous <laughs> you know like you sit there going that's so amazing because it really is yeah. it's it's like playing yeah. your overtones your higher notes on your instruments that are not really right. there but you can make them work it's mm-hmm. that same concept. Like there's like that on the saxophone. I don't are there like that on the French horn and, and stuff like that? Like are there not really. Like you can you can do like false right. tones and stuff, but you know, it's not not like you can on a saxophone. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, you know, and I think that we've been very lucky over the past few artists spotlights that we've done that we've had we've chosen phenomenal female singers. Amber Rubarth mm-hmm. Sarah Watkins, Ava Cassidy, like, yep. and you know, we knew them, but we didn't really know them in the sense mm-hmm. of popularity. So even though they've played with other people, 
so it just to hear another voice like that is just amazing and she was popular i mean she had to be popular enough for them to keep producing albums after she passed right right yeah yeah and, and her big following when she was alive was in that baltimore washington area right. you know and and then unfortunately after she passed that's when you know we really found out more about her um but just just to give you another like so so that was kind of a you know kind of a laid back sure. kind of a tune um so i want to do a little bit of chain of fools um just because it's kind of a, a well-known That's just another great example of, of just control. I mean, you know, when it gets higher in in that in that tune, like she knows that she doesn't need to switch to head voice, and if she does, it's gonna change the whole feel of it. So she keeps it all in her chest to to kind of do that belt kind right. of a sound. Right. So. Right. She's just she really does, and and her because her tone is so good. It's her yeah. voice though, through and through. There's no, you don't feel a change in her voice. It's clean when she does it. You, you, you can hear. I, it's lack for a better word, but you could hear like as she goes to the lower notes, it, it gets a little deeper. But you don't lose her voice or what her voice is, because mm-hmm. you could easily lose your voice when you get down to those lower notes or those higher notes. You know, because right. your your voice is going to sit in one spot. Everybody has mm-hmm. that. Some people have the ability to go through that control and go all the way up and down and, and keep it that mm-hmm. way. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody has that ability. And, um, you know, like I, for even for me, for someone who went through training, I just, there's still a lot of work to be done on my end. And there'll always be yeah. work to be done. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's yeah. not a question of that. It's just, you say, you think to yourself, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. And then you go to sing something else like, no, wait, nope, no, I, I don't have it. Yep. But she had it. Yep. She had it. Yeah. Yeah. She did. And what's amazing, like for me, you know, cause I, I spent so much time teaching, um, you know, I understand the technique pretty well. I don't do it myself <laughs> because I, I don't practice it, right. you know, right. and you know, but I think there's, I, I worked with a lady in Oyster Bay when I was working with a church, um, and she was a little bit like me where she worked with a lot of singers. She was more of an accompanist than a, than a teacher, um, but she's like, there are some people that were just born the right way with a voice. I, I don't think I was born with a voice at all. Um, you know, I happened to be able to carry a tune and have decent technique, you know, thanks to some great teachers when I was in high school. Um, but I don't have that magical whatever it is that makes Ava who she is and you who you are. I don't have that. But I but I don't think I have that either. But you have more than I do. I appreciate that. A lot more than Thank I do. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. But so, I, I but it's like I, and I'm not trying to do that to sound humbled or anything like that. I truly right, don't yeah, I, I, I truly don't feel that I am that way. 
am I able to sing? Do I have that talent? Okay, yes, I do have that. But to I appreciate you putting me where you're putting me. But, um, but it's also what training did she have? There's not much information on that. She may we don't know. Who she, knows? And that's what this I'm might be all... It may just be completely natural to her, you know. And she may have started at such a young age. And mm-hmm. and keep in mind, she was 33 in, in when she passed at 1996. So she was born in the six. Right. Okay, I didn't want to do my math wrong. She was born in the '60s, <laughs> so even back then, they may not have the the family may have not had a recorder or something that they can get her on right. video. You know, yeah, yeah. it could be an economic situation. Could it just be that uh, where they lived, it wasn't a popular thing, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So we don't know even that end of it. Like with someone like Michael Jackson or Prince, you know about these younger performances right. even elvis presley there's a whole talk about how mm-hmm. he was a part of his gospel sing oh gospel she does a couple of gospel tunes doesn't she mm-hmm. she sure oh does. my goodness and there was and i was and that's and that's what i was saying like like when when she was working with the record producers they were trying to like pigeonhole her right, into right, like right, one right, right. and like i mean we, we've played two di- two completely different yeah songs so far um while you're looking at that i just want to play just just to, as a comparison um Chain of Fools, Aretha Franklin. Just just to kind of give cool. you a, a comparison between the two of them. Excuse me, the original, you know, version. Chain, yes. Chain, chain. That was 1968. Talk about a voice, though. So, yeah, and, and and that's that's my point. Is like, like you know, we're we're talking about this person that nobody knows. We've got to compare her to Ella Fitzgerald and Aretha Franklin. I mean, like that's like she has that sort of thing. I mean, what what's different about it? Well, it's in a different key. Um, it was it was pitched to, you know differently for Ava and, and Aretha. So that's that's different. You know, I I think the clarity for Ava is there. But I think part of that is microphone placement and different technology, right. and the feel. The feel of the song is a little bit different. That's about it, right? But I mean, I, but as far as everything else goes, I mean, the same yeah. the same characteristics are there. That whole chest yeah. voice thing that we're talking about, it's all. And there. if if you listeners out there don't know Ella Fitzgerald or don't know Aretha Franklin, please take a moment and listen to some of their songs. I, I am. This is not making fun of you because it's very possible you don't know them. It is very mm-hmm. possible, but take an opportunity and go listen to them. They they have some. Their voices are phenomenal. The music that they sang. It's just it, 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 you'll have a better appreciation because you'll probably recognize some of the songs that they've done. Absolutely. You know? And there's. I mean, if you're looking for a good place to start with Ella Fitzgerald, Ellen and Louie is a duet album. Yeah. It's Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong. You know, it's it's a phenomenal album. Right, right. Um, it's a great place to start. So, uh, wade in the water. Wade in the water. Please. I, I know we're talking a lot about her voice. We don't have a lot of background information on her. But I, I we need to share some of these songs. And wade in the water, just 
Water. water. I can't speak. But I let me let me share. I don't know if I shared this. I, I remind. Tell me if I have. I'm not one to go listen to choirs, which I know I've said. I, I've said that I rather go see a symphony orchestra or an orchestra play. Mm-hmm. And I, by no means, was raised gospel or Baptist. I, I was raised Catholic. Um, wherever my faith is now is a different question and a different story, and I'm still trying to figure that out. But no, I'm joking. So, the big thing is, I will always listen to a gospel choir. There is something about a gospel choir, the way they sing, the way their voices come together. One of the albums I listened to a lot back in the day, back in the day, I was talking like, but one of the albums I listened to was uh, Kirk Franklin's New Nation. And there's Mm. the third song in the album. There is a point where the choir goes up in half steps, like two or three times. And it's so tight. So uh, to hear her do a gospel song, the way she does it, like wait in the water is just, it's brilliant. It's really well done. Um, any particular did you, the acoustic? No, just or just, it just gra- grab whatever you think. I, I it's really her voice. So. so good uh, we i encourage you all to just click the links in our show notes and go listen to her yeah, yeah. When, when when you're done listening i to this i haven't just, i haven't found anything that i didn't like i don't think i i everything i listened to you know was just was just forget it forget about production value for example for a moment yeah because I, I have i have a problem voice. with the production <laughs> right <laughs> which i'll get to right where yeah, I don't know, I and mean, I want to hear, but forget about her, forget about all that, just her voice. Yeah. So even the production being bad, mm-hmm. her voice is still so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I think you're one, 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 one you're allowed one complaint. Right, my complaint. I'll get to my complaint <laughs> in a second, but before we get there, um, like one of my favorite albums of hers, like I, I love the live stuff mostly because I'm a live guy. I, if if there's a, a a person out there, I want to hear their live stuff. I don't really want to hear the studio stuff. But her acoustic album, um, it's called Acoustic. It's just her and a guitar. Um, I don't know if she's playing it. I have to. I didn't really read the album notes very well, but it's called Ava Cassidy Acoustic. And there is an acoustic version of Wade in the Water, which is um, phenomenal. But just it's it's simple and it's just it allows her voice to shine. But at the same time, um, you know she's able to sing with you know a lot of stuff behind her um i want i'll, I'll get to my complaint I, i'll remember my complaint but i want <laughs> i want i want to play this because this is we, we touched on it briefly she did an album with with um chuck brown um 
And this is a little snippet of so this this is like a big band like stuff, and the way she first was, album yeah yeah this is her first album yep so this is a little snippet of the of one section of I'll go things. I don't know what to say. I got every time I heard that song play because I played it multiple times. Yeah, chills. Yeah, chills yeah. when she does what she does. Uh-huh. And, she chills. and that gave me that's what Kanina brought me to comparing her to Janis Joplin. Yes, yes. The only difference with her and Janis Joplin is because of Janis's raspy voice. But when she does what she does and she puts a little growl behind it, mm-hmm. to still have that control that she has yes. and go back down uh-huh. and st- I'm just, you know, yeah. I, I I'm not a female singer because I'm not a female. But sometimes I wish I was a female singer just uh-huh. because of how amazing it sounds. Yep. And and this is like going back to like her being you know kind of shy in front of a crowd like right you sing like that like good right Lord like. I, the, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. That That's a brilliant album, and it makes me want me to listen to Chuck Brown more, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he was, you know, um, it, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. So well, can, and he's got such a resonant voice. He's just, he's oh, he does. He does. I, he, is he the key? Does he play keys, right? He on the Is album, that him? So on the album cover, he's he's playing the, the, the keyboards, Um, and I, I did a quick little thing. He did a concert with the PBS where he was playing guitar. Maybe he plays both. I don't know. I honestly don't know much about Chuck Brown myself. Um, it was one of those things that I meant to get into, and I just I ran out of time. Maybe we need to do an artist feature on him. We probably and talk should. Of, and we talk about him a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that could be our next one. Yeah. You know? Oh, I just... Sorry for the echo. Um, but, yeah, just... And, and, and an idea is this album's called the other side and it's jazz and then her the album that came out right that was jazz and then the one that came out at the the one that's live at blues Mm -hmm. is considered singer songwriter yeah and i i i guess i bring it up because i'm still amazed about how genres are because live at the blues has a mixture of jazz, has a mixture of blues. So I can understand why they do sing a songwriter, but she doesn't really have any uh, original stuff. It's original songs covers. on there. It's, yeah. mo- it's mostly covers. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Here. All right. I want to know your complaint for the week. My complaint for the week. This We we need like a sound segment. Complaint of the week or something. <laughs> Gross. Right. <laughs> We're going to have to record it or get someone to record it. Yes. So my complaint um, is... All of the albums that I've heard, they never let the the song breathe at the end. It's like they grab the they grab the slider and they just mash it down and go on to the next song. Like it's like they're so worried about having the audience like applause or something. It doesn't give the end of the song a chance to just mm. like there's there's a great recording of um 
Renee Clausen of directing the Concordia Choir. One of my favorite pieces they ever did was a piece called Wake Awake for Night is Flying by Ephemilius Christensen. And it ends with this giant chord. He cuts them off, walks off stage, and it's like, oh, it, it, there's there's a moment there where this 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 sound is ringing through the room, and he's walking off like, I'm, I'm done. And I'm like, but it's still, just because you're right. finished, it's the, the energy is still going. Yeah. Victor Wooten says, you know, you know, everything that vibrates is still vibrating. Like even when right. you cut off, like there's still, even though there's no sound coming out of your mouth, like that energy is still going, and the energy yes. of every single song on those live albums and most of the albums, it, they're just killed at the very end, and it, it's depressing to me. Like the, it, it needs to. No, I, I agree with you 100. percent That was one thing I noticed as well. Um, and because you know we were talking about gapless with Sarah Watkins and her uh, and her um, album. And these are the not pep- gapless. Like this is the, these are not gapless. No. Uh, it just it, they just stop. Yeah. And and like you're like they could easily have faded that out where you still got some of that feeling. To it. I have to say that's one thing on the first album that I got with Jeff Goldroom and the. I'm gonna go into this real quick and find out the name of this orchestra because. Kills me to forget. Yeah, while you're looking um, that up, I just want to point out, like, at the the Live at Blues Alley album, it specifically says in the track listing, audience muted. Like, it's they, it was a conscious decision to get rid of the audience. Why? Like, like that right. is part of the performance. Right, right. I, I, so just, I don't he, like that, but anyway, go back to no, you. No, 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 I, I get it, and I totally agree, because that was one of the things I noticed as well. So his orchestra is the Mildred Snitzer, Snitzer Orchestra. Um, and he's got a couple albums out. The one that I really like is the one that is recorded at the Capitol Studios. So it's called Capitol Studio Session. But what, what I liked about it is he interacts with the audience. I mean, he's Jeff Goldblum. He's going to yeah, interact yeah. with the audience. But the whole recording, the energy stays the whole entire time. So to your point and, and everything you're saying, it plays a big factor in it. Like, that's why that album is so good and why I love it so much. It's not that he's doing he it, these are all songs. These are all old songs that he's doing. Right. You know, um and I, I'm sure we'll we'll do this, maybe do an episode of like we talked about it, actors and actresses that Yeah, perform. we talked about doing yeah, Hugh Laurie and, and all Yeah, those, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you would never think that they would be doing the music that they're doing yeah. either. Yeah. So uh, I yeah, I I agree. And and she produces that energy mm-hmm. again yep. i'm still like in my mind seeing her on stage not moving because you said she's a little stiff yep. and still producing that energy yeah and i'll, I'll put the, the link to the youtube video so i am always a little bit wary about putting the youtube video because i want the artist to get the credit and get their their just dues right. um there there is a dvd available of um of the live at blues alley but it's only available in the UK, and their website specifically says if the people in the United States want to see it, it's on YouTube. So right. they're saying it's okay. I'm going to put it in there. Right. Um, so you can like the Live at Blues Alley. I'm, we're going to link it in Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. I will put the YouTube video link to the exact same show, so you can see it and 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 hear it at the same time. But I would urge you, um, just because I'm a nut the way I am. Uh, YouTube does compress the the audio, so you'll have a better experience if you do it through Spotify or Apple Music or Cobuzz or whatever. So, I we're would, not I would sponsored. Love, we're not sponsored. I would love to be sponsored by Cobuzz. <laughs> love awesome. Cobuzz. Um, <laughs> and 
yeah so i mean you can certainly watch it but but to get the full detail of her voice i would certainly use um a, a specific audio streaming service yeah no i agree and and we're still welcoming liquid death if they want to sponsor us Yes, uh, I didn't bring any liquid death out because I was exhausted and needed caffeine. So. Uh, no, no, um, no. Coke no. Zero okay. is delicious as well, and it has some it caffeine. And I have Monster Energy drinks, zero sugar, <laughs> Ultra Rose, Ro- Ultra Rosa, not sponsored by Monster, but what? anybody who likes to be a Ultra, part. What is that? T- Ultra Rose? What, is that? what flavor is that? Does the... it, it's, I don't know. It, it, tastes, it just tastes like pink? It just said it tastes like pink. <laughs> And, and and it's funny because energy drinks do nothing for me. I will fall asleep in an hour if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, like I I have had so much Coke in my life. I worked for a hardware store. I used to drink two liters of Coke a day, and like it's just like whatever. I could drink it and then go right to sleep. So that's too funny. So I I, I she and it's like I said again. Too bad there's not enough information on her. Yeah. I I wish there was more because. She is just like, I love records and I know they're called vinyls now. Like I'm tempted to go pick up a vinyl of the one with Chuck Brown mm. because it just would be such a warm sound yeah. to listen to. And once I get that set up in this little office, it'll be amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's, it's so good. I think cause I know that I'm the one choosing the artist spotlight in the, not the next episode. Cause the next one we're going to be doing an interview. And Correct. so the episode of that, I, I'm thinking maybe we will do Chuck Brown. Let's nice. just follow Sue with it. I sure, think that yeah. that's, I think that's a, that would be a fun one. I'll, I'll do my research on him yeah. uh, to get to know him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't like him, we'll do something else. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, from but, uh, from the few things I've heard from him, I heard the the, the duet album and then a, a little thing on PBS. Uh, I have no problem with Chuck Brown, so if you don't do him, I'll do him. I well, you know, I'm also because I'm also curious of his if there's anything about him when he was recording with Ava Cassidy. So I'd love to do a little rework research on that, and yeah. and I'm thinking maybe. While I'm doing that, if I find anything new, we'll just bleed that into that episode. We'll mm. talk a little bit more about her with Chuck Brown and sure. talk more about Chuck Brown. Yep. Um, yeah, because I, I think there's there's stuff on that duet album that's just him, you know. So it would certainly be worth talking about that album again, you know. Yeah, yeah. So this is our sixth episode, yes. which is amazing. Um, I know we have slated twelve for the first season. That doesn't mean that that may not grow and we may not do more. Yeah. Um, I know the th- we're going to do a 13th episode as a bonus, and that's going to be a fun one. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be a complete who is this situation. <laughs> yep. I can't I can't wait for that because I brought it up to Kyle, and Kyle did some I, research yeah. on the – I had – And I, I – I consider myself fairly knowledgeable, and this one blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't consider myself knowledgeable at all. So it was nice to be able to share that with you and, and kind of blow your mind. But I, I, I love the fact that we're, we're, we're midway through this. I'm having so much fun doing it. Yep. And, and I, and even though we've only done like three artist spotlights, just what we've learned from these three artists has put us down this route to be able to give you guys so much more. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 I'm so I'm looking forward to the feedback, the response, and even just the concept. When we started talking about this, I was mentioning it to uh, you know uh, friends and family. You know, hey, you know before before we launched, of course, you know just keep an ear an ear out and whatever. And I was at work, work talking about music, and one of my coworkers, one of my colleagues, who um, you know, she's a very sweet lady. She works in library media science. She's very, very nice. And she comes up to me. She goes, I, I hope you don't mind, but I, I overheard you speaking about music and, and local artists. And she goes, do you mind? I'm like, no, please, let's talk. So she tells me about her nephew who's in a heavy metal group. And now she's like, not my genre of music. I don't listen to him. But she goes, so he has. they have an album. They have one album out. And something that maybe down the line we can talk about, and and they're a local Long Island band, mm-hmm. you know. And so this is this is the stuff that's really cool because I wouldn't have known about them if she didn't listen into the conversation and and share yeah. about it. And I haven't had an opportunity to listen to them yet. Maybe I'll do that for the next week. But um, that's the stuff that's so cool. Like that's what's awesome about it is that I'm sparking conversation even outside of this mm-hmm. and getting other people. Oh, you need to listen to them. You need to listen to them. You need to do this. I don't have anything more to say about Ava Cassidy except for the fact that I do adore her voice and she is going to be now a staple of what yeah. I listen to uh, throughout the week. And I, I hope that um, I may even share, share it with people in my office or just tell them to listen to our podcast so they learn about it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's too funny. Do you have anything more you want to no, add? To, no, about I her? think I'm good. Uh, That's the awesome. only thing I would say is just listen to her and yeah. li- just listen to stuff in general just don't yeah. stop listening don't stop listening always share yes always share yes that's key all right um oh by the way guys just so you know guilty pleasure we go to get on to zoom and start recording someone's listening to taylor swift yeah yeah <laughs> Not only was was this person listening to Taylor Swift, he was singing and dancing. He was singing and dancing. Yep. And someone didn't didn't start recording in time, so he missed the whole thing. Oh, we missed that. We're gonna have to try it next time. So, yeah. Yeah. So we actually might. We're not sure yet. We do record our Zoom sessions just so we have it. We may put some video clips out there yeah. just for fun. So uh, keep an eye out for but two crazy guys. But you won't see me dancing to Taylor Swift this week because someone didn't push record. Uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're going to have to figure that one out next time. Well, that that visual was not what I needed to say. You know? <laughs> joking, it's, joking. It's amazing how much the beard shakes when you're shaking it off. <laughs> That's too funny. That's great. All right. Uh, do you want to read the closer? You know, I have it up, and I decided that it's time for some vocal rest, so I'm going to let you do it. Wow, again, you're just passing it off. All right. Thank you for listening to Turn On The Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On The Music and on Instagram at Turn On The Music Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Enjoy a little bit of Ava Cassidy. Kyle, you have a great evening. Thanks, you too, sir. Have a good one. Thank you.
So she took her 